JPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 140. Getting closer to the 150 mark. Later this season, hopefully. Well, everyone's on time tonight, which is kind of nice. So it must have been a fairly quiet night at the Vigo household. Yeah, good teamwork tonight. All right. All right. Well, that, that's good. I to my lovely bride. <laughs> well, that's good, but... Uh, um, teamwork, maybe not so much on this team right now, Hammy. Uh, I would say a split with uh, St. Lawrence is really not good. What, you weren't satisfied with that? <laughs> no, that game Friday night was really bad game. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little disappointing when you see a team that comes in to the game with a uh... One win, and uh, you know, definitely not a strong team. And you watch the guys just kind of lay an egg, especially getting behind. You know, you know, I, I you know, you, you, when you have a fluke situation happen, that's one thing. But uh, it, it just definitely did not have that kind of. I don't know. The effort just wasn't there. I think the energy, it just wasn't a pretty sight. Maybe they weren't uh, too inspired by the competition and. As the Vikings showed with Buffalo this year, uh, it doesn't matter who you play. If you take them lightly, you don't really respect them and kind of, as Motzko likes to say, get a little too cute at times, and uh, that kind of stuff can happen. Um, during the second period, I want to say, uh, Jess Myers came over and said to me, this is a terrible hockey game, and I agreed with them, Viggs. It was just not a good game at all. Yeah, I just didn't see a lot of energy in the, the Gophers game. You know, you saw a lot of guys standing around, not sure where to go, you know, not sure when to get engaged, how to support each other, and it it showed on the ice. I, I thought it was probably one of their slowest games of uh, the last couple of years we've seen them play, and they just allowed St. Lawrence to hang in there. And then when they got a couple of bounces at the second half of that second period, you know, the game got away from them. You know, they tried to respond in the third period because they had to, uh, the game got a little bit better from there, but then a mistake in overtime cost them. I was actually uh, at ice level in overtime, and actually the third period as well. So that was, you know, the third period was pretty good. They had a nice little comeback. I didn't see what happened. What was the mistake in overtime, Viggs? Because when you're down at ice level, you miss a lot of things when you're when you're shooting the game. Yeah, it was just a long shift by the guys on the ice. Um, kind of a bad play coming out around the net. You know, last guy back, um, quick turn the other way and St. Lawrence was able to capitalize. Hey. Well, it was ugly and uh, the crowd was ugly. They weren't into it at all. Um, uh, another concern I would say is that um, Vegas is the students aren't showing up either. And uh, they're, they're allowing students from either night to come to either game now. And it was maybe half full. Um, so it, and it's not just the regular audience. It's even the students that aren't, you know, paying for tickets and not showing up now. Yeah, if every student were to show up and want to see a game, they would probably fill up uh, four, maybe five sections at Mariucci. Mm-hmm. 
and they're barely filling up one or two. You know, it's 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 something to see right now. Kind of this malaise that's infected Minnesota athletics is uh, taking over hockey as well, and it's surprising to me to have students who probably don't have a ton of money. Maybe I'm wrong, but you know, <laughs> they've got they've got some entertainment that they paid for, and they're not using it. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to be a college student and have all these choices where you're just going to not use your tickets every weekend. But that's what's happening right now. And, and I don't know if it's just the infection of, you know, all these people who are anti-Big Ten and anti-Gover hockey carrying over, but it, it sure seems like it. Well, it's it's similar with football, too. I mean, uh, they've, they've sold quite a few tickets for season tickets, or at least for the students for football. And, uh, boy, it gets it just a little bit cold, and they just stop showing up. Yeah, it's definitely a problem for athletics right now and figuring out how to get people engaged into the games. And for all the people who talk about ticket prices, you know, that's not really anything that's affecting the students. You know, They're selling out these sections. People are paying money for them, and it's not a lot of money. They're still just not showing up. And, and Hammy, you know, and it, it it's just kind of continuing on with the fans too because, you know what, they're still selling close to 8,000 tickets, but... You know, five or six maybe are showing up. Well, I mean, I think some of it's just the the entertainment factor. I mean, you think about any, I mean, even if you've paid for the tickets, I get it, but you still want to be entertained. And I know it's it's sort of a sunk cost at some point, right? When once you pay for the tickets, it's it's gone. I suppose you can, you know, still uh, scalp them. But the point is, is that if you give them an entertaining product and uh, giving them some excitement. You know, I think the fans show up, but uh, we're not giving that to them right now. And obviously, people are not particularly excited with what they've seen thus far. And uh, you know, I think that you know the disappointing thing for me is just the fact that I don't see the upperclassmen, the leadership, the guys seemingly being capable of uh, adjusting to kind of a new culture and a new voice. It just seems like. Uh, it's. I guess it's the younger guys that sometimes they they're not tied to anything, so they're willing to be open to those kinds of things a little bit more, as opposed to guys that have been around two or three years. And Viggs, you know, as the season progresses, and if they do improve and get themselves closer into position to possibly making the tournament, a series like this um, could really come back to haunt them in the end of the season. You know, in the pairwise. Well, at least they got the split. You know, it yes. could have been it could have been pretty bad had had they finished even worse this weekend. But I think in in the new pairwise they do get some credit for getting to OT on the first night, so they 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 will come out on top on the weekend. Uh, but it's definitely not the result that you expected, and it could have been a boost to them had they won both games because yes. they win a lot of comparisons against ECAC teams and everybody else that St. Lawrence has on their schedule. Well, at least they did turn it around the next night, and it was on the strength of the freshman Saturday night. Yeah, I talked to Sammy Walker a little bit uh, yesterday at availability, and he said it was kind of fun being on a line with all freshmen. You know, they they had no past with them to carry onto the ice, and they just kind of played free and played their game. And uh, Nathan Burke, a, a guy that Garrett Raboyne saw a lot in the NHL, uh, scored goals around the net, got two of them uh, in, in his uh, home debut, and they did look pretty good. Walker looks really fast on the ice. He uh, is contributing in college hockey pretty quickly. It's surprising. 
you know, Hammy, you know, we talk about Walker and his speed. And, uh, you know, we've got quite a few guys that have speed on this team. And when they're on the big ice, I would really like to see some of these guys use that speed a little more often. I mean, you know, go wide, try to go around somebody or even throw the puck deep and go use that speed to get the puck. Uh, we really haven't seen that as much. Well, I mean, I think some of it's, you know, the the transition game hasn't been always been great. I mm-hmm. think that certainly I think what you saw uh, on Saturday is that, you know, I think that some of these guys, and I think it's been brought up by the coach, you know, on more than a few occasions so far this year is, you know, I think, you know, I was thinking about it this week and I just feel like some of these guys are so used to the highlight plays when they're in high school and they see that kind of stuff on TV and so they're not, you know, the, the reality is, is hockey is, as far as goals go, a lot of them are tip shots. They're ugly goals around the net, you know, scrambles, things of that nature. You think of like Grant Patoni back in the day, he wasn't a razzle dazzle kind of a guy, but um, he, he had a nose for the net because he knew his way around the crease in that area. And heck, he scored one of the biggest goals in the program's history and that kind of a play. So, you know, those are the kinds of plays I feel like this team needs to do you know, become more effective at. And I don't know that we have the personnel for it like right now. Some guys probably are capable of that, of course, but um, I think that's part of the problem is that we just don't have some of those guys that are willing to kind of score those ugly goals and maybe pay a little bit of a price. Well, it was a little bit of a coming out party for Burke there, uh, Vig, since he has been, well, apparently we found out that he had mono at the beginning part of the season. So, uh, you know, maybe him getting in there with his other fellow freshmen are, are they have a chance to kind of set an example of how this team should play. Well, we'll see. You know, it's hard to tell with, with these guys. He's such a small player. Uh, you see him off the ice, and you think Walker looks small. You know, Burke looks smaller. You know, he's lost, you know, 15 pounds from yeah. what he was reported at. So instead of being, you know, 180 or so, he's probably more like around 160 right now, which would be pretty small for when you start playing Big Ten teams. So, whether or not he's able to translate this, that is kind of the style we need to see out of this team to, to score more goals. Because uh, to Hammy's point, you know these guys are used to scoring on the rush. They're used to scoring pretty goals. They're used to scoring on the power play. You know That's not going to work against every team. When a, when a heavy team wants to lock you down and you have to dump it in and go get it and get to the net, you, know, you need some of your older players who can take it to the net doing that and, and making plays coming from the wall to the net. And this team still needs to learn how to do that. Um, if you're listening live in the Mixler chat, you can just throw us a, a, a question if you want us to, to handle something there. And also on Twitter, you can always just tweet us at uh, using the hashtag at uh, GPL Podcast, and we'll try to answer it. I can see that Sky Ura wants to know, will we start to see freshmen play more prominent roles in 5-on-5 five and five power play? I mean, what do you think, Hammy? Well, I mean, I said it on GPL you know this past week and i'm like at this point i'm just ready to you know i unless there's some kind of a miracle turnaround which i don't think any of us are necessarily expecting i i would my you know the coach better just you know he better just get these guys some opportunities you know looking in the future and i really don't mind seeing them play some of the younger guys and giving them key you know opportunities now i know it's kind of a bitter pill to swallow if you're a senior and you know, you kind of have to balance that with, you know, how are these guys going to take it if it looks like you're playing for the future? Um, so I, it's kind of a tough balancing act, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing them, you know, kind of make sure that the, the young guys get more opportunities. 
Well, if you, if you if you go further on that, Viggs, you know, might, if the coach kind of makes it look like they're paying for the future, maybe that's some incentive for these older upperclassmen to actually start performing. Well, I think it's a message to these older guys to change their game. You know, we, we kind of make fun of P.J. Fleck for change your best, but that's what these players need to do. They need to stop focusing on the rush so much and, and play a game that works in a tight-checking contest. And I think that message is going to come through at some point because you're seeing Moscow make moves with players. You're seeing him sit guys for taking penalties. Um, he did that to Rossini. He's done that to McLaughlin. You saw him put uh, Sheehy and Novak at the bottom of the line chart and not play them very much early in the game, kind of sending them mm-hmm. a message to change yeah. their game. Um, he's not calling guys out specifically in the media, but he'll talk about you know six guys who played well. And on Friday night, that was the Gates um, Pitlick line and the Norman Romano Goshihi line. You know, he's he'll call out guys specifically like that, and I think the messages will get sent. Um, Eastsiders asking in the Mixler chat, you know, what do you guys think of Moscow's comments after the game or after the Friday game? He seemed dejected. I didn't stay down and listen to him. Um, what did you hear from uh, Moscow Friday night that was telling? Well, he was just honest about it. He said that the product that they put on the ice was unacceptable. He was surprised by what he saw on the ice because they'd had a good week of practice. He thought he saw signs against Wisconsin that players were getting it. And he was complimenting Novak's game. He was complimenting Zolstorff's game. You know, and that stuff just wasn't there on Friday. I think he talked about this week how the team maybe was overconfident about playing St. Lawrence, uh, maybe didn't prepare for the game properly, um, a couple of things like that. And he said, you know, we're not going to let that happen again. Uh, fake Bob Monsko wants to know, is this season salvageable? Um, Hammy, I still think it's fairly early in the season, but uh, it's I think it's a valid question. Well, I mean, I think uh, obviously it's too early to say that's not salvageable but i think that realistically speaking um you know unless we see some of these seniors really turn around quickly you know it it looks like it's going to be more of a rebuilding season and and kind of like i said earlier getting a little bit of the the younger guys opportunities to kind of um kind of trial by fire maybe giving them you know some of the key spots because um, we got to start looking at the future right now, and if the, if the upperclassmen, if the seniors aren't going to really be bringing it, then we might as well be looking at that, looking at things that that way. So whether they like it or not, um, for me, it's just a question of whether these guys have the capability of being flexible and adapting to, like I said, a new culture. Uh, if they were so used to what the past culture was like, and and now they have uh, a coach coming in that wants to instill a little bit different attitude and they're just not capable of it or maybe they're not open to it. It's no different than a new business or a business getting a new president or something, you know, that uh, the culture changes and some people can handle it and some can't. And that maybe that's what we're seeing here with some of these older guys. One thing about the season being salvageable, um, Viggs, you and I both got to talk to a referee and linesman after the game Friday night. And uh, the one of the, the linesmen was speaking to us, um, kind of said something interesting to me. Yeah, he says, you know, in college hockey, a lot of times these teams that are just trying to get together, you know, a, a switch kind of comes on and they just turn it around, and it could turn around can happen real quick. 
I mean, he just says it's just kind of the way things go. You'll be down, then all of a sudden they can just kind of turn around. I thought that was an interesting little thing we heard from them uh, on this whole season saying, you know, hey, he was almost telling us, watch out. It could turn around pretty quickly. Well, I think that's so true with, with college athletes in particular. A lot gets thrown at these guys, and we like to say they have a long track record because we've seen them play college hockey. We've seen them play some junior in high school. A lot of this stuff is new to them. You know, I talked to a couple players this week, and they talked about how St. Lawrence played a more man-to-man scheme, and it kind of caught them off guard on Friday. It might have explained why so many guys were standing around because they weren't sure where to go. And they made some adjustments on Saturday. They made some adjustments to their penalty kill from Friday to Saturday. And they had a 3 nothing win. They only gave up you know, 11, 12 shots. And they were a completely different team. So I think it's it might be a bit of a mistake for people to go with the fake Bob Moscow you know, <laughs> thinking, is this season salvageable? Well, they're so early in the season. I think, you know, I think that would be a question to ask kind of at the end of January once they're kind of on their trajectory when the pairwise is starting to get a little bit more set and you're seeing where they're at in the conference. So this team's got great goaltending. They have guys who can score. It's whether or not they can get the pieces put together and play against all types of teams. Uh, Jess wants to know, is the Finn on Moscow's bad boy list right now? What do you think, Viggs? Well, he wasn't on the good guy list. But also, <laughs> he's not the one taking too many stupid penalties either. Exactly. You know, they're looking for some growth out of him, I think, in his playmaking. But you know, he's got a shot that's hard to teach, and he's got some natural skill there. You just hope that he kind of can figure out you know, when to shoot and when to look for another option. But when he does fire the puck and he gets to the net, it's a dangerous place to be. And Hammy Vigo kind of touched on it there. Penalties still a problem with this team. Um, if they don't get this solved, there is no salvageable part of the season. If they don't fix um, taking these penalties that they, they keep taking. Well, I mean, it's just it comes down to being smart, moving your feet, showing some discipline. Um, you know, and sometimes when you get kind of lazy about it, that's when you get out of position. You start reaching. You start doing dumb things. Um, that's where the problems really occur. So. As much as anything, it's, you know, I don't know if it's just, like I said, getting accustomed to what the expectations are, any of that kind of stuff. Um, but it's definitely frustrating to see. But I think it's also getting in game shape. You know, a lot of these penalties kind of happen late in the shift, and people are just lazy with their sticks at that point. And you put your stick around someone's skates at the end of a shift, it's going to get stepped on, and they're going to draw the penalty. <laughs> and you and you had mentioned today it was it was it Moscow was even saying he liked maybe one penalty on the weekend. Yeah, he he said Brinkman got a pass for his where he you know boarded a guy because he was in a battle and he liked seeing the fact that Brinkman wasn't going to step down from that confrontation. But boy, it's it, it's frustrating, and I, and you know it's got to be frustrating for Moscow because he's just not used to undisciplined play like this. Yeah, his St. Cloud teams are always at the bottom of the college ranks and penalties taken. So he's said many times this is a problem he's not used to, you know, and he's taken the whip out on guys. He's sat guys. He's had one-on-ones. He's called guys out publicly. Now he's calling out penalties in practice and totaling them up for the end of the practice. You know, it's definitely a focal point for him. And they're all stick penalties, too, for the yeah. most part. 
Yeah, it's it's just not good. Um, well, we're going to a few more questions to get into, and, and then obviously the Michigan State series. But first, we'd like to hear from our sponsor. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. Well, what is Vintage MN Hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors, the collegiate teams, to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPLPODCAST, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit VintageMNHockey.com and follow them on Twitter at VintageMNHockey. Uh, interesting tweet from Mill City JP he says, you know, when we criticize our upperclassmen, let's be sure to give props to those who are showing up and playing the gritty game and the system. Uh, Grinder line has been impressive five on five and on a penalty kill. Uh, that play will be important deep into the Big Ten season, and I would agree. Um, you know, we've, we've seen it from uh, you know Norman uh, uh, Ramsey and uh, Romanco for a few years now. Um, they've been solid. Uh, obviously, we'd like to see a little more scoring out of them, but we're always going to get that effort out of them, Viggs. Yeah, and look for something in the athletic on them here shortly. Probably not this week because of the Thanksgiving holiday, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm working on something out of those guys. You know, Romanco is a 30-goal scorer at one point. It just isn't in college hockey. So he's got <laughs> some of that ability to put the puck in the net. He's just in the mindset of puck possession, be smart, play safe. I think that line does need to take the next step and generate a little bit more offense. Uh, Moscow said that that line led the team in scoring chances against Wisconsin um, a weekend ago. So there, there is a little bit more growth there for them, but they've played great. Um, Ramsey and Romanco are probably the top pair penalty killers on this team, and they do a great job at that. But then again, uh, Hammy, uh, they might be the top penalty killers, which means they're out there a lot because of the penalties they're taking. So uh, it gets to a point where we've got these grinders out there, but they can't grind on the offensive zone because they're playing defense so much. Well, yeah, and, I'm, and you know, the, as far as the the commenter talks about giving the you know, upperclassmen props. I mean, certainly, you know, I'm not trying to like ream on all of them, but the fact is, is that if this team was going to go anywhere, it's not going to be based on the backs of fourth line guys. It's got to be, you know, some of the key names that we mentioned earlier, the Sheehy's, the Novak's, those kinds of guys. Um, you know, I certainly appreciate the effort and what the, what that fourth line brings to the table when we're, they're called upon. But, um, that's not going to be why we win a national championship or not, you know, in any given season, it's going to be the top line guys that have to perform. And if they're not, that's a problem. And that's what we're seeing right now. Um, the university did a new thing this past weekend since uh, they couldn't get any television. They uh, broadcasted on Facebook, which was, you know, it was a free thing. You didn't have to be a Facebook member. You just had to go to the page and, and the, the, the broadcast quality I thought was pretty good. Uh, Viggs. Um, they're trying something different. They're trying to keep the fans happy, and you know people complain anyway because that's just what they do. But I thought 
you know, the announcers did an okay job. They were a little more, uh, I would say, bias. <laughs> and and but they but but uh, but they were open too. They were saying, "Oh God, that was a mistake." They were a little more uh, open to seeing the mistakes out there. But uh, the huge tried something new because uh, you know they couldn't get a broadcaster, and I think it worked out pretty darn well. Well, I think there's a lot of competition for TV time around here, and Minnesota fans are lucky to get what they have. Uh, I, I think they knew they'd get a pretty good blowback if they didn't find some way to make that happen. And the Facebook Live, I think, worked out pretty well. I didn't hear too many complaints about having it available. You know, people always like to knock whatever comes out, but <laughs> I thought they did a fine job as well, and I was glad that they figured out a way to do it. A lot of schools don't. You know, a lot of schools wouldn't go to that kind of effort to get that game on. No, they wouldn't, and, uh, you know... <laughs> Obviously, we got a lot of people. Oh, it's not the old days, you know. I went to a wedding on Saturday, and, and my brother came up to me and says, "You know, I can never find the channel." I'm like, "Please just shut up." It, it's it's really not that hard to find it on TV. Uh, and he kind of got quiet after that. I'm like, "You're just kind of a moron if if you can't find the game." I'm sorry, yeah, some fans you can't find it, but it's not that difficult. It takes just well, a little bit of effort. That's changed for all sports. You know, it is for a football game. You know, you got to figure out what channel it's on. Is it on FS1? Is it on ESPN? Is it on ESPN2? Is it on Big Ten Network? You know, even the Vikings, you got to figure out, are they on CBS, Fox? Are they on ESPN? You know, it's it's that way for every sport. It is. It's just, it's just the way things are, and, you know, people are a little nostalgic, and they just kind of have to get over themselves, I guess. Um, one interesting thing we did see, and actually Sky Ura asked this earlier, he says, why honor the Don on a Friday against St. Lawrence? And not like a Saturday game or whatever game against Wisconsin or Notre Dame. Um, I don't know the backstory behind that, but uh, Viggs, I think he's kind of had a point. Why do it against St. Lawrence? Less people to boo. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, I would have saved it for the home finale against uh, Notre Dame or something like that. Yeah. And maybe the, maybe the Don will be gone by then. He'll be up in Alaska, and he's yeah. just like, I want to get it done earlier. And, and you know, it was shocking because the Don actually did the rouser on the ice, had his arm pumping and everything. And uh, we actually saw a little personality out of him. Well, I think the Don's a little more relaxed now that he's not the, the head coach anymore. And True. It would probably, probably be easier for him to be in front of the media here someday going forward. But for now, he's just kind of taking a step back and, I think, you know, if you're thinking they did it intentionally for a small crowd, I think you might be reading too much into it. You know, it's just they knew they wanted to do it, and this was an opportunity. Uh, here we go. Tim Hapke asked earlier today, I think uh, the Gophers need some grit. Are there any recruits that will bring that? Is uh, Jackson Nelson someone who could, but will he still come here? Um, I, I will throw that one to you, Hammy. Is Jackson Nelson a gritty guy, or is he even still coming? Well, I mean, I think it's just a matter of, you know, I, I think that's kind of what the coaching staff is sort of going through right now. I mean, some of these guys, we've talked about decommits. Um, you know, some of it's do guys adapt to a new role? Because let's face it, most of these guys, when they're in their youth hockey, they're playing in lead roles. And then it comes down to which guys are potentially capable of having that, you know, adapting um, and playing a different style of game. So, you know, I don't, I don't think that the you know a lot of these guys that we have in the pipeline right now are more skilled guys. So I, my guess is that they're probably looking into you know bringing some guys that maybe 
are a little bit more mature and bring more of that physicality to the table. And I think we'll also see that they'll try to bring in guys a little bit later. I mean, it's not going to be possible across the board, but um, I just think that you'll see kind of a little bit more of a mix. Um, not that, you know, the past staff didn't ever bring in older guys or anything like that, but um, I sometimes kind of wondered if they recruited smartly enough with guys that could potentially play a different style of game as opposed to just, you know, the razzle-dazzle stuff. So I think we're seeing some of the struggles now um, in the current team with what with guys that can't do that. And hopefully, the, you know, the new staff will be able to kind of bring a little bit more flexibility to the table. Now, last uh, Wednesday was the, the, the first early sign period. Um, Viggs, didn't we have a couple, at least one more signing on Thursday? Uh, the Nevers? Yeah, I th- yeah, it was it was is it Mason? Yeah, Mason Nevers uh signed for Medina. You know, he's playing his senior year right now in high school. Uh I think it's kind of unclear whether or not he's actually going to come in next fall or not. Mm-hmm. Um but he's one of their five guys who signed. Um uh Castor was one, Mo was the other, uh Myers and then uh Perbex. So those are the five. You know, they they have a lot of spots open over the year to add more guys. Um, I definitely think if there's a guy like Nelson coming in or McGregor, you know, they would prefer those guys to get older uh, before they join the Gopher and, team. You know, you want those guys to be 19 or 20, I think, if they if they end up coming. And that's I, probably the hard part for them too. Is you know, do they want to wait that long? And, and that's one thing about Jackson Nelson too is that, uh, boy, his name's been thrown on for a long time because he committed. It seems like a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, he's only 18. Yeah, so true. He can play two more years of junior and and be just fine coming in then. True, and you got me on that. I'm just saying it just seems like one of those names that uh, have been bantered around for a long time. Well, you know, Garraway was signed a long time ago too. Yeah, he finally made campus, and you know he provides them a little bit of depth as well as an older player. Okay, uh, our uh, our friend Rob Shield wants to know what uh, you guys took cooking turkey. For Thanksgiving, are you hosting or traveling? Anything like that? Hammy, what are you doing for Thanksgiving tomorrow? God, well, I'm supposed to go end up going to some place that's not like... Usually we had home-cooked meals, but this year it's going to be going to some restaurant with some mm. kind of a buffet with the family, I guess. I don't know. I'm probably going to skip out early because I have some shopping to do. So <laughs> go go shop those good deals. So, uh, so yeah, it's going to be one of those, unfortunately, not a home-cooked meal this year. I'm actually making my own turkey. I've got a half turkey, got some stuffing, I've got a pie I'm actually going to put in after the podcast here, a little pumpkin pie. And so it'll be my first experience cooking a turkey. So wish me luck. Uh, Viggs, what do you got going on with your family? I'm taking my family over to my parents' house tomorrow. My father is uh, smoking a turkey on the grill. Uh, He's done it in the past and has a talent for it. Nice. Then, uh, my my uh, household will be bringing a lot of the sides. We were, we were prepping a bunch of it tonight together, so should be a good meal. Looking uh, forward to it. Well, that's that's fun for the kids to help out with that. Hopefully they don't yeah, make too we, much of a mess. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. We were having a little bit of trouble uh, cutting up some vegetables with uh, the four- and six-year-old, but we got her done. So. All right, all right. Well, uh, it's kind of weird because, you know, we used to always have the Thanksgiving tradition of uh, Michigan and Michigan State with the old college hockey showcase. And now it's it's kind of nice. We actually get Michigan State here 
um, in the period that used to be the College Hockey Showcase, Viggs. Um, this team's coming in, expect to finish fairly low in the, in the Big Ten, but uh, uh, this is a team that is, is, I think, slowly turning around. Well, they've definitely got some talent up top. You know, that top line with um, Korodenko and um, Hiroshi um, and uh, Lewandowski, you know, they're, they're tough to play against, and they'll play a lot of minutes this weekend against the Gophers. I think the key is, you know, don't let anybody else hurt you and don't take penalties to put those guys in the power play because they do have talent. And, you know, I think Dan Cole is one of those coaches who's trying to get his team older and he's effectively doing that. They had a lot of guys get experience last year and they're definitely going to be a tougher team to play against. It's a weekend a race to the bottom. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, Minnesota—they're one and one in the Big Ten, so they're they're not in bad shape. But the, again, Notre Dame has come out with a fast start, even though they've played more games. But uh, uh, you know, Hammy, if if they could, le- if they were to get a sweep this weekend, they would be in pretty darn good shape in the Big Ten. The national scene, not as much, but they would be in good shape in the Big Ten. Yeah, I guess about as good a shape as he can be in four <laughs> games into the se- into the True. conference season. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but um, you kind of have to look at how guys are playing right now, and it's kind of hard to feel overly optimistic about where this team might finish. Um, right now, I mean, they're looking at best a middle of the pack team. They really have to step it up or hope that the goalies play, uh, you know, some unconscious style of hockey where they're just like basically pucks are just hitting them left and right because they're not scoring a lot and the margin for error is not particularly big right now apparently we're missing the wild almost choking this game away last time i looked yeah, well, it was 4-1 last time i look it's 5-4 what the heck is going on we're tied 4-4 oh jeez so they scored just a few minutes ago <laughs> oh jeez and I, I thought i saw some tweet, tweets come up i'm like what the heck is going on um and Vig, so michigan state's coming to town um, boy, I, I, the fans don't get excited about Michigan State, unfortunately. I always did because I always enjoyed the college hockey showcase. I always loved it when Michigan State came here, and uh, you know, or and Michigan came here. Those were some of my favorite games. Uh, I'm kind of wishing the fans would you know embrace some of this Big Ten stuff because you know what, some of the stuff is pretty darn good. Well, I just think these next three weeks are really going to be a good time to evaluate where this team is at. I probably watch too much practice and just get shaded <laughs> by how good Rem Pitlick, Tommy Novak, and Tyler Sheehy look in practice. These guys are good practice players. They have plenty of skill. Whatever it is that comes out in these games where you know they have a tough time scoring, I just have a feeling it's going to come back. You know, These guys have scored at this level before in college hockey. It's not like they're guys who scored in junior so they've done it in college i think it, eventually it's going to come around you know you just watch these microscope games early in the season it's hard to tell what you have and i think as this team gets more games on their belt you know you get a little more data evaluate then i'll be ready to pass some bigger judgments but i just see so much potential up front scoring depth for this team and so much talent and goal just be patient <laughs> Give them some time to figure stuff out. Not optimistic. <laughs> well, well, Hammy, I, to be I'm fair. Not, and I'll tell you why. I, I, I guess for me, I, I don't. Okay, so first of all, I don't buy the whole, like, conditioning angle. Because to me, it's like, what the hell are you doing all off season? 
and then you're busting your ass and captain's practice and then you have early season practices they had weeks where they didn't play games it's like what the hell are you doing if you're not prepared by now in the middle of november when are you going to be prepared and secondly for me older guys have no excuse for starting out slow i get it for young guys who have to transition and from you know juniors to college and having that be difficult but guys like you know Sheehy, novak you know i'm not saying that they have to be starting off like gangbusters but this is ridiculous to me so i just don't if you're not going to bring it by this point then it's kind of hard for me to be optimistic that that's going to happen i'm sure that they'll have some decent games don't get me wrong um just not i'm just not seeing what anything from these guys that makes me think that they're going to suddenly break out Viggs, um is she he novak maybe in the doghouse a little bit well i think they're in the doghouse because they the coach knows that there's more there for them to give yeah i thought they looked fine against duluth you know i thought they played good games to open the season it's just i think they got a little bit frustrated in some of the games against you know north dakota and minnesota state and they spent so much time killing penalties that they didn't have many opportunities five on five to get anything going so I think when you just reduce the amount of data you have to what's there right now, I think it's too early to take a judgment. You know, if this team can go through a couple games where they're only taking one or two penalties, I think that's a fair condition to judge them on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thinking split right away here because um, until they prove me wrong, um, I'm always going to think that this team is kind of a, a feast or famine. It's just kind of how they've been so far this season until they prove me wrong. It's it's going to be split for me. Uh, Hammy, what do you think? Oh, despite <laughs> my pessimism, I'm going to go. I'll go for the sweep. Oh, well, there you go. But, uh, but uh, only because Michigan State's been pretty brutal in recent years. And if we don't sweep this weekend, it's definitely going to be pessimism city after that. What do you think, Viggs? Are you going to jump on the Hammy bandwagon and go for sweep? Well, obviously, I'm going for a sweep. I mean, come on now. I just I, this team does have talent, and they're they're cut above Michigan State. There's just been so much harping by the coaching staff on not taking penalties, on playing with more effort and intensity. It, I think it's going to show. We'll we'll see. Um, I'm looking for Robson to start on Friday night. You know, if he plays lights out, I think he could get another game on Saturday. You know, if there's a game where, you know, he doesn't play lights out, I think Shearhorn gets the nod on Saturday. I think that's kind of what you'll see from this uh, goalie tandem going forward here for a while. Uh, but I'm interested to see how they come out. You know, there's a lot of question marks with this team, and, you know, it's a chance for them to answer some of them. Well, you guys are positive. I'm the negative one. That's kind of opposite of what it's been for all these years, guys. I'm always, hey, we're going to sweep, we're going to sweep. But uh, I, I just have to be – they got to show it to me first. They, they need to really break out and just – click and get it for me to get on that bandwagon um Viggs, you're mentioning you're doing some articles for the, the athletic this week you say, think it's going to come out this week or maybe early next week or what's going probably, on probably early next week um we'll see what happens you know it uh, kind of depends how they play this weekend and if there's all, some other storylines that come up but it's definitely something i'm working on uh, it's an interesting crew those those three who've been playing you know together for a lot over the last couple of years and yeah and they're an interesting line and remember, you can always uh, follow Viggs on at at the Athletic on GPL, and of course on Twitter at evigo. Uh, Hammy, what do you got going, Hammy? <laughs> I'm just 
Just doing the daily grind. Uh, I'm living the dream of <laughs> the corporate lifestyle. Uh, isn't it a blast? Let me tell you. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, you can follow Hammy at Hammy Hockey on Twitter. He's always following the recruits, and sometimes he's teasing people by following people. Uh, you're a little devious like that, Hammy, but I like that. Right. All right. Right. Um, for those of you listening live, stay tuned for a little bit of overtime we have coming up next. And uh, otherwise, we'll be back next week to recap this Michigan State series, preview uh, Ohio State, and hopefully we're going to have Paul Cabanigri from uh, the Big Ten Network on with us next week as well. Thanks for tuning in. 